This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Arsenal transfer series. You join me every morning at 8am UK time to go through all the latest Arsenal news. We break it down, we answer your questions, we go through as many of it and as much of it as feasibly possible. Good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box. Thank you as always to Kaiser, to Matt, to Jonathan, to Essex Bloke. Uh, Anthony, we've got Jose, we've got Thracian, Liam, Cole, Social, Paul, we've got uh, Mike, Anukrit, uh, the modern Guna, uh, we've got Pablo, who's still angry, <laughs> uh, we've got Clive and Jack and uh, Marcus and so many more of you, thank you so many of you as always guys for tuning in, sorry I can't read out all of your names, uh, there is always just far, far too many of you to do so, but thank you so much. For tuning in, do drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already. Uh, we're going to be doing a preview show for the Liverpool game this afternoon. I'm also hoping to give you some transfer content in the next couple of days or so. Uh, a chat with Clive and also a specific video focusing on Bruno Gimarash as well. Looking forward to that. But without further ado, let's crack on with today's show and start off by telling you, as always, to go over to the Arsenal way. I will be there at 9.30 a.m. this morning. I'll be joined by Chris Davison, uh, so I look forward to having a chat with him about all the ongoings at Arsenal and how things are, are shaping up ahead of the game against Liverpool and of course with the end of the January transfer window as well. But without further ado, let's go to our first story. And feeding on from what we talked about at the end of the last show, thanks to Zander in the chat who reminded us about this, um, but it's been confirmed yesterday in full by both Arsenal and uh, Chris Wheatley tweeted out as well, as well as some other news, that Harry Clark will not finish the season with Ross County. Instead, uh, he will return to the club and then go on loan to Hibernian. Uh, it's an initial loan, but there is an option for Hibernian to buy Harry Clark at the end of that. Regarding how much the option is, uh, I'm not 100% sure um i'm still waiting to see if there is anything extra on that but i don't think there is any kind of figure yet attached but it's good to see that there is a figure attached to this as well moving to the second player that is also expected uh to go on loan again in the second half of the season will likely be 
Nikolai Moller, the Swedish striker, of course. Uh, actually, to be honest, I don't think he will go on loan. I think he'll probably stay because following Balogun is going to be going away uh, for on loan. We're going to see Mika Beref stay, of course. But I think that Nikolai Moller will probably be kept, wasn't he? He'll be, he'll be reintegrated into the Arsenal under-23 score because he's not really playing with Victoria Cole. He'll be reintegrated, I imagine, and, and then play. That makes the most sense considering Balogun's future. So, yeah, Moller will be back and playing, but uh, it wasn't the best of loans uh, in Germany, but hopefully he can get his career back on track with the youth side and move forward. From there, um, our next and final kind of uh, speculative out story in, in the in the loan department is Lucas Torreira. Lucas, I say the last one. We've got a big one. We're going to talk about next. Lucas Torreira option: fifteen million euros is expected to be activated now by Fiorentina, uh, probably very soon. Uh, they'll be confirmed to Arsenal their intention to uh, complete that deal at the end of the season, and, and Torreira will remain a Fiorentina next season on a permanent basis. They're expecting to get quite a lot of money, of course, from the Vlaovic sale that's expected to happen in the summer. Um, but Arsenal will finally cut ties with Lucas Torreira after, I mean, two plus years of, of austerity at the club. Uh, he deserves more minutes. He deserves to be playing. He's a good little player, but it just hasn't worked out for him at Arsenal. Uh, now, interestingly, and I say interestingly because, as always, when a report comes out from Fischajes, uh, which is, a, I believe, a Spanish outlet, and I think they've got some links with Portugal as well, have reported that Braga uh, midfielder Ricardo Horta has been linked with a move where he's a winger for, for Braga, has been linked with a move to both Arsenal and Liverpool. The Liverpool move makes sense because, obviously, they're going to be without Salah and Mane, etc., um, he scored nine goals, got two assists in 14 uh, Portuguese league games, 12 goals, six assists in 25 games a season, which is a pretty good return, 18 goal contribution in 25 games. But he's 27 now. I don't think there's much in this story whatsoever. Uh, I don't think that this is one that will happen. I think this is very much a loose link coming out of a place where they see maybe the option for Arsenal to pursue a winger and have been linked with wingers in the past. But a 27-year-old winger... From Braga, no, I don't think that's going to happen whatsoever. Um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles' move to Roma continues to be the main dominant story amongst Arsenal supporters and the Arsenal discussing fan base. Uh, as we know, Roma have prepared a bid and sent that bid in, which is a, a loan bid of just under 1 million euros with an option of around 10 million euros. Arsenal wants something closer to 15, from my own understanding, and a loan figure, according to David Ornstein, around 1 million euros. Roma, as we know from the summer, do not really deviate from their own valuations, as we saw with Granit Xhaka. The same is now happening with Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Should Arsenal just kind of cut ties with this one, accept the money? It's a situation where we know that he's a player that isn't going to be playing week in, week out for Arsenal. He's not going to be getting many minutes. If we can replace him with a really good midfielder to fill that spot, we would have moved in the right direction and we would have just got the money in that we needed to. Or saying that there is no guarantee that Roma go and activate that option at the end of the season. Maybe Arsenal can talk about an obligation if they can fit certain clauses into that contract. But I think Roma are very much un, like low-balling Arsenal. And to be honest, probably taking the mick a little bit and trying to manipulate the situation, exploit the situation quite a bit. And uh, hopefully Arsenal stand firm to an extent. But there is a point where Arsenal probably should turn around and be like, yeah, look, we'll, we'll meet in the middle and, and come to an agreement on this one. And fingers crossed that can happen. And Arsenal can bring in a really solid central midfielder. 
in the upcoming and current transfer window. Uh, and lastly, reports are suggesting um, that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is being really quite ferociously offered to Europe's clubs, uh, clubs that are supposedly being urged to sign uh, Pierre-Eric Aubameyang from Arsenal. They are concerned, obviously, about the value of his uh, of his transfer. We're obviously talking specifically about a player that has been stripped of the captaincy, that has been out of form for a very long time, that is of the age of 32, will be 33 soon, but not until he turns that age. And uh, as we know, when you're in these kind of situations, your, your value tends to plummet. He'll also only have a year left on his contract. He's got really big wages, but supposedly Arsenal are really kind of pushing to, to get a club to sign him, whether that's Juve, whether that's Barca, whether that's Newcastle. They're the clubs that have supposedly been linked. Juve makes sense, although their pursuit of Mauro Icardi may end that. I think Icardi would be a much smarter move for Juventus to make over Aubameyang, but obviously we would rather it be Aubameyang that happens. That's kind of everything. Uh, it's, there's not been loads. Uh, there's been some other things that have kind of like creeped under the radar and things that have, have been discussed on, you know, sites and accounts that I don't really want to go into in too much detail until we see kind of more uh, outlets reporting it. And I'm sure that that will happen in some case over the next few days. And if you want to ask <laughs> if your questions in the chat box, which you can do, we can discuss it all. So if you do indeed have a question, throw it into the chat box and uh, I'll do my best as possible to try and answer your questions. Here we go. Okay, let's jump into the chat box then and go through as many of your questions as feasibly possible. Uh, Cole says, Roma manipulating? Surely not. It's not like their manager has a history of that or anything. <laughs> uh, Matt says, Tom, any news on Iana Stoika? Haven't heard much since reading about us putting that bid in. Well, that's interesting because Iana Stoika, for those that don't know, uh, plays for FCSB, Football Club Style Bucharest in Romania. He's an 18-year-old striker. And it was actually Gigi Bacali, who is the club's owner, um, who suggested that he'd received an offer from Arsenal. Now, when I spoke to uh, a couple of Romanian football experts and we did that tactical breakdown, one of the things that was discussed off air was that uh, Gigi Bacali has kind of got a bit of a track record for this type of thing. Um, and so kind of what he says should be taken with a pinch of salt. And just because he said that Arsenal have made an offer doesn't necessarily mean that they have made an offer, um, if you know what I mean, <laughs> basically. So there's been nothing on that. And I think the fact that it's been so quiet since those initial reports came out kind of indicate that it probably was uh, very much, if anything, not necessarily not true, but I think made up bigger than it actually was. If Arsenal have interest in the player, that's very believable. They'll be scouting plenty of young strikers across the continent. But the whole idea of, of Arsenal making an offer for the player, it's gone very quiet on that. It could still happen in the future, but it's gone very, very, very quiet on that. Uh, Joel says, uh, La Gazzetta della Sports in Italy have reported that Arsenal have offered a 55 million euro plus Torreira for Vlaovic. I mean, I don't know why they would do that. In terms of reliability, I mean, Gazzetta della Sport have reported on a lot of Arsenal news that has obviously not happened. Um, they reported in the, the Kulisevsky links. Uh, but I think that to say plus Torreira would be a bit strange, considering the fact that Fiorentina already have an option on Torreira. They can activate a €50 million Euro clause on Torreira. So it doesn't make any sense to include Torreira in any kind of deal. 
Um, it doesn't make any sense to do that at all, in fact. So I think that you should probably uh, and not... I think you, I just don't think you should be taking that very seriously. And I don't think they would accept 55 million euros. They're looking for around 80 minimum million euros for Dusan Vlaovic. So I don't see why that would happen. But uh, I don't really... I'm not necessarily saying I don't want Vlaovic. I have a lot of concerns about Vlaovic, concerns about his pressing, concerns about his work rate, concerns about his link-up play, concerns about his aerial ability. He's very clinical. He's very good in that sense. He's a very good striker. But there are elements of his game that I think don't necessarily suit Arsenal. So I am wary of Vlaovic in those specific characteristic uh, senses. Uh, Map says, do you know that Gabriel's first yellow was for dissent? Yes, I do. And for the scuffing of the penalty spot. Uh, yeah, uh, It's not for the scuffing of the penalty spot. He was given dissent for supposedly a very normal comment. Stuart Atwell just kind of had enough. Um, I think the second challenge is a yellow, but I think that people are hanging on this conversation far, far too much. We've discussed the referees every day since the game. Let's move on. Look, we had a really good performance against Man City. We could have, should have won, and that is to the credit of the team against a very good Man City side. Let's move on from City and look ahead. In fact, speaking of looking ahead, at 5pm today, I'll be doing our Liverpool preview. I'll be joined by some of the members from the Discord server to be talking about Liverpool, so make sure you join in 5pm today, UK time. Malcolm says, when assessing players, what's more important for you, stats or the eye test? I mean, it's about balance. I do find that the eye test is often something people say when stats go against their argument. People don't like it when they're proven wrong by statistical facts. Um, the eye test is obviously something that's important, and scouts obviously look at players in certain ways. But people get very biased and very kind of caring and attached to players. So when statistics tend to prove that that player isn't necessarily performing to what their eyes have perceived them to be, uh, people can be very abrasive, uh, very um, reactive and protective over players that they like. It's about finding a balance. Obviously, stats can't tell you everything, but if all of the stats are telling you certain things, you shouldn't really ignore them or just disregard them because what you've perceived to, to see them as in the, in the eye test is is ridiculous to just pass them off as, as hearsay. Stats give you facts. Eye test is very subjective to your own viewing and what you actually try to see. So uh, I would avoid like using the eye test, if you will, as your primary. And if people are starting to tweet about certain players on Twitter, try and, you know, speak to people that watch them every single week. That's why we get experts on our tactical breakdown shows to give you an insight from someone who watches them every single week. So there you go. Uh, Guna72 is very keen to ask this question. Uh, Harry said that there is a Spanish outlet putting out that Isaac is close to a move to Arsenal. I mean, let's have a look if we can find this story. Uh, Isaac moved close as Gunners' eye shock move. Uh, the Mirror reporting uh, that the Gunners have won the, the race for Isaac. El Nacional now claims that Arsenal have won the race for Real Sociedad's hitman. Uh, let's have a look. I did see this report crop up on my timeline yesterday. Um, Real Sociedad vetoed negotiations to go with Xavi and now Arsenal are close to signing him. Uh, El Nacional reporting. This is a Catalonian uh, outlet, uh, of course, that based in Barcelona. So take that 
with what you will. They'll be coming from a, a Barcelona standpoint. Uh, Real Sociedad do not want him to go to Barca because, I mean, Real Sociedad now view Barca as rivals for the top four. Real Sociedad very much are a good side that are looking. So if they are um, going to let him leave, it will not be to Barcelona. Uh, the Basque Club asked for the 90 million euro termination clause. So if Arsenal want to sign Isaac, they're going to have to pay around 70 million quid to get hold of him. I think that Arsenal have interest in the striker. The Athletic has reported that. I think this is basically a story that revolves around the idea that Barcelona will not be signing him. And so therefore, because Arsenal are the other main protagonist in the race for Isaac, it makes sense to suggest that they are closest to signing him. Whether or not Arsenal are genuinely close to making the deal happen, it's, you know, it's... It's happenstance, it's hearsay, it's subjective to how you want to define the word close, to say it's close, closer than it was when Barca were interested. It's true. Yes, it is closer. So the word close is not disingenuous. It's just the context of how the word close is used in the headline. Um, Lars says, um, if you have to guess the future, what level can uh, four of our young players reach? Emil Smith-Rowe, Saka Erdogan and Martinelli, which player do you want to uh, do you want to box them with? Can Emil Smith-Rowe reach Kevin De Bruyne level? I don't want to, uh, Lars. And of course, I can't guess the future, even though you're telling me I have to guess the future. I don't want to box these players into specific comparisons. I want these players to develop into their own style and their own quality and their own respect amongst the footballing community. And I think that you've got a player like Martinelli that's very unique, actually. The only player that I can really compare Martinelli to is he's got shades of Alexis Sanchez in him. He needs to be less selfish at times, but... I think that that's the type of influence that you can see him having. But I don't want to box these players. I want to see them, as I say, develop their own style, their own individuality, and see where that goes. Uh, Vinny says, does Moller struggling in Division Three German football show the golfing class between the under-23s and senior football? Uh, I think that, obviously, there is an element of this. People often think the under-23s of a Premier League teams is higher than it actually is. I mean, there's a reason why no under-21s teams have reached the final of the EFL Cup since their introduction. So the EFL Trophy since their introduction to the competition. Uh, because the level is not of that of League One or the Championship. And so people do need to understand that these can be, um, you know, these situations can be tricky when they go to play senior football. And it's a bit of a shock and it's a bit of a reality check because it's more physical, it's more demanding, it's more uh, physically intensive. So I think it does show a bit of the gap, but I still do think that you can see players go from the under-23s to the Premier League, like you've seen with Bakayo Saka. So it all depends on the quality of the individual rather than the quality of the players that are around him. Um, Jack Sparrow says, any news on Dominique Calvert-Lewandowski? Um, Calvert-Lewin's links with Arsenal seem to be that if a move is going to take place, it will happen in the summer. I don't think it's going to happen in January. Um, Peter says, Vlahovic would press for Arsenal. He's not in a team that demands it. I don't think you can sit there and say that categorically, though, Peter. That's the problem. To sit there and say as a statement, he would press is just not true. Like You can't sit here and say categorically that they will press. Nicolas Pepe played in a counter-attacking Lille side, joined a pressing possession-based side in Arsenal, and he's not pressed. He gets back and defends, but he's not a presser. He's not that. He's not got that in his locker. So we could have sat here and said Pepe will press, but he doesn't. So I don't think that we can sit here categorically and say that Vlaovic would do if he played for Arsenal. Let's uh, carry on. And go to Tulip, who says, regardless of Mainsley's loan slash sell, will we sign an extra mid in January? I'd be surprised if we didn't, Tulip. My expectation is I think Arsenal will sign a midfielder this 
this winter. I hope that Arteta and Edu are looking at this window and going, we've got a real opportunity here to get to top four. We can't pass it up. Let's strengthen now. Venkatesh says, more I see Arsenal play, my opinion is changing on which striker we should be getting. Watkins looks all around player than DCL. Which player would you suit Arsenal currently? I think Calvert-Lewin because of the pressing and the, the work ethic and what he would bring to the team still. Calvert-Lewin is definitely up there, one of my main choices. And Peter, according to Dr. Rajpal Bra, who is a specialist in the world of footballing injuries and sporting injuries, he agrees that Calvert-Lewin is not injury prone. So take it not from me, but from a specialist in the field, Peter. So uh, there you go. Amandeep says, hi, Tom. Isaac has a lot of good qualities, including pace and pressing, but does his finishing worry you? Uh, when we do our striker comparison, I'll be able to give you a much better example. That's going to be out this weekend, by the way. We're going to be doing a comparison of all the main strikers. We're going to be going into the fine details of the players, and I look forward to bringing that to you. Deep says, hi, Tom. Isaac has a lot of good qualities, including pace and pressing. With the- Oh, I've just done that one. <laughs> Ralph Avery says, being around media regular, uh, regularly, have you found that the opinions of Arsenal has changed in the last six months after the team has showed progress? Um, I mean, I can only come from the perspective of my own colleagues at Football London. Um, I feel like the perception of Arsenal amongst my colleagues has always been kind of measured. I think it's been a situation where we've been very cautious about riding a wave or getting ourselves carried away. But I remember when we started, I mean, we built up the Arsenal wave in August or September we're nearly on 7,000 subscribers. Please do go and subscribe. Links in the description. And we built that up from the start of nothing. And, you know, the people in the chat box right at the beginning, I remember were like, I'll take her out, I'll take her out, I'll take her out in the summer. And now, I, I can't remember a show where someone's come into it and put I'll take her out. I know people are going to do that today <laughs> because I've said that. Join us at 9.30. Um, but, yeah, it's changed massively in regards to kind of the the community around uh, where we're working. But actually, no, I don't think my colleagues have changed drastically. I think we've all been pretty measured. I've certainly changed from the sense of being thinking that a change of manager was the right decision to where I am now, which is still that I want to wait and see to the end of the season. If we get top four, I think he's probably earned a new contract by that point. If we get top six, I'd wait another season, see how things go. We progressed, but I think I'd still wait. And if he doesn't get top six, there's a really strong argument to say that his future should, again, very much be in question. Uh, oh, Nadine. Uh, that's a shame. See ya. Um, let's go to uh, Daniel. Who says, why do Arsenal always get refs that want to ruin our games? <laughs> Daniel, I do think there's an element of... I think The Athletic put a very good article about bias in football. Um but I don't think that I don't think referees are biased. I think the referees are just bad. Like that's my view. I think there is just inconsistency, stubbornness, behaviour profiling, uh, a lack of diversity, and little to no accountability with the referees. I don't think they're biased. I just don't think they're very good. Uh, and I think often because those decisions don't fall our way, we perceive them as biased. But you speak to any fan of any club, they will talk about referees being biased, and it balances out in that respect. But I just think they're—I just don't think they're good enough. I just think the officiating is too poor. Um, Chris says, "Tom, are you going to let Bailey do any more shows on the Arsenal way after some of his decisions on the January signings piece?" I text Bailey after he did that show. I disagree with a lot of the rankings. I didn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> Sorry, Bailey, I am outing you here. Um, I didn't have anything to do with that. I watched it back and why Cedric's a good signing. The thing is, what's good about our, our, me and Bailey and obviously the Arsenal way is that we can be critical of each other's pieces and stuff and, you know, we can take it on the chin. 
But I can't believe Cedric was put into the good signing category. My goodness. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I don't agree with you there. Ridiculous. Uh, John White says, how about Balotelli? Oh, sorry. I was going to say Balotelli. Uh, Balotti, uh, I think you mean, from Torino. Very physical, strong striker and also a leader. Wouldn't break the bank with his contract running out at the end of the season. I think he'll stay in Italy, John. Um, I don't think it's, Italian players don't tend to like leaving Italy anyway. I've heard rumours of AC Milan. I think that the age profile is slightly off as well. I'd be going for someone a bit younger, mid or early to mid-20s is what I'd be looking at. So I'm not sure Bellotti fits the profile. Uh, Don White says, Tom, stop talking. Just stop talking, Tom. Okay. Uh, he's not good enough for Arsenal. In fact, Richarlison is better than him. I think we need a Patrick Schick. Again, Don White, tune in at the weekend for our striker comparison. Don't tell me to stop talking about a player. That's not very nice. Uh, Milan says, Tom, does Tommy Asi remind you of Lilian Turam in his prime? I mean, I was very young when Lilian Turam was playing in his prime, so I can't categorically say that. I think that's a bit of a stretch right now. Let's enjoy what Tommy Asi is doing in these first six months. Let's see where he's at at the end of the season. Then we can start making some silly comparisons. <laughs> um, Vinny says, Bailey deserves outing for Diaby being at the top and Reyes being just a good buy. Again, I don't think DRB for my money was an elite elite signing. I think DRB was a good signing and maybe even didn't even live up to the hype as kind of that signing. Reyes, I would put in in top signing. I wouldn't put him in elite. I'd put him in top. God rest his soul. Um, but I think, that, you know, I think there was a lot in there that was still very right. We always focus on the wrong ones, but I still think he got a lot of them pretty spot on from his perspective. And the thing, it's all about opinions. I didn't agree with some. I agreed with others. Um, it's how it is. Um, Sunil says Simon Jordan in a talk show was discussing that Arteta can take you a bit forward but can't win you a Premier League title what does the group think um, I think that it's a fair point of view to have um, I wouldn't say categorically right now that Arteta can win you a title to suggest that he can right now um, I think would be a bit fanciful but there's no evidence of him getting us into a European place yet how can we say a manager that's only got eighth place in back-to-back -back seasons can win us a title I think that's a bit over the top. I think this Arsenal team can win a title with a couple more additions. I'm just not sure whether Arteta is the man to get us there. I hope he is. I want him to be. It'd be great. Can you imagine the embarrassment of some people? <laughs> but I think that it's certainly uh, a situation which is a bit fanciful to suggest right now. But uh, yeah, I would hold back on title. Um, the idea of Arsenal winning a title under Arteta at the moment. The team, I don't think it's far-fetched to say that there are players in this group can't, in the future, be of a level to compete for a title with some more additions. But yeah, overall, I still think we're a bit off. Lars says, do you think we'll get our own Bruno? Look, Edu loves Bruno Gimalaj. As, as far as I weigh, absolutely adores this guy. Arsenal themselves have been interested for a long time. If we don't go for him, it would be surprising. Um, I do think that, you know, I think that there is potential for this deal. I think that yeah, there's a real chance that Arsenal can, especially with Leon's situation. And I'm going to be doing a dedicated video on him very soon. So make sure you're subscribed to get that content. John says, would you consider the summer window to be the perfect time to make a marquee signing like a Hollands or someone else? Now that people can see the exciting pieces we could surround him with. Uh, it depends on if we qualify for the Champions League, John. If we qualify for the Champions League, there is all the possibility that we can make some ridiculously insane madness signings because you're in the competition. You can, you know, you pr present that project with the progression, with the evidence of where we're going. So yes, obviously we could, but 
you know, I'd, I'd wait. You look at Leicester. Leicester win the league. They get into the Champions League. They qualify for the Europa League again and again. And they're making some really solid signings. They're not having the best of seasons this year. But look at the signings they've made. Your Tillemans, your Samaras of this world. I mean, your Pats and Dakers, like convincing them of the project to sign. Timothy Castagna was a really good signing from Atalanta. Like they make some really good signings based upon their achievements. Arsenal need to do the same thing. Um, let's go. O'Malley says, we lost six games and drew two in the first half of the season. Which teams do you see as winning in the reverse fixture minus Man City? I think we can get a result against, uh, I think we can get a result against Man United at home, Everton at home, Brett Brentford at home. Obviously, I think we can get a result at Palace, even though we didn't win the, the home match. I think we can get a result at Brighton at home. There are lots of teams that we did drop points against that I think we can get a result in. Liverpool at home, maybe, depending on how their form is. Chelsea away is tricky. But yeah, I think there are absolutely games that we dropped points in in the first half of the season that we can get points in. There are also plenty of teams that we beat at home that we're going to struggle in more away from home. So Southampton away is never an easy game for us, for instance, even though we bossed that fixture. Newcastle away can be tricky, even though they're having a poor season and they're going to be strengthened in the second half of the season, as are a lot of teams. So we need to consider all of those factors. Uh, I feel like I'm missing loads of questions that are just being thrown in. So let me... uh, let me jump down into the bottom of the chat. Um, and says, I don't know why DCL won't make my top 10 strikers for Arsenal design. We need a more rounded striker, uh, given the way we play. Why do you not think he's rounded out of interest? I'd love to know your reasons for that. Um, why am I in a box today, says Carl. I don't know. I'd, I'd change this. I don't know if people prefer me in the box or not. I can stop being in the box. Uh, virtual background. Do I change hotkeys, layouts? Look, now I'm not in the box. I kind of like the box. I like the effect around the outside. Tell me if you prefer the box being here or the box not being here. Let let me know what you prefer. But I kind of like the box. <laughs> I like the effect around the outsides. I mean, I paid for it, so <laughs> I, sh- I should like it. I haven't used it in a long, long time. Um, this team is going places, says Vuk. Uh, Eddie says, I would go for Paqueta up top. Very strong player with a lot of potential. Um I mean, the Paqueta I remember is the one that plays for Portugal years and years and years ago. Uh, Lucas Paqueta of Leon. I mean, he's not an out-and-out striker. I thought he was more of like an attacking midfielder than a striker. I mean, I might be wrong, but I'm sure he was a more of a more of a an attacking midfielder. He has played centre forward. To be fair to him, six games, five at right wing, five at attacking midfield, one at centre midfield. Uh, he's a versatile player with a lot of potential. And a lot, I say potential. He's what twenty-five now, is he? What? 24. I still got a lot of potential. I think he can get better, but he's been one of their better signings and he re- was meant to come in and replace Awar. And actually, he, you know, Awar stayed and they've played together. So there you go. Is Vine Adam signing on loan? Who knows, Jack? Asking def- <laughs> definites like, is this happening? Is this happening? It's football is an impossible game to sit there and predict. So there you go. Um, uh, no box. Keep the box. Double box. <laughs> Get out the box, everyone's saying in the chat box. Box Tom is fire. Okay, well, I think we're sticking with the box. I think that's what we're doing. Oh, so you've outed yourself now in the chat box. See ya. Uh, Thabo says, keep the box. I prefer the box as well. (laughs) Andreas says, I could actually see Nkunku being a striker for Arsenal. He plays as high up on the pitch as Andre Silva and could be the perfect Lacazette replacement. And Kunku is obviously someone at Rabi Leipzig that's done very well since moving there from PSG. And he's very much liked. Uh, by a lot of the Arsenal community. 
He is someone that Arsenal, in fact, even tried to sign when he was at PSG, uh, but the bids just it was not high enough, and Marby Leipzig came in a lot stronger and got him at the time. Uh, Zana says, do you think signing Erdegaard on a permanent is the catalyst for our pursuit of Isaac, having both of them play together at Sociedad in the 1920 season? It's actually something that I want to write about. So thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> I really want to do a piece about those two and how they play together at Real Sociedad. So that's something I'm going to look at. Do I think it could help? I mean, there's nothing why it couldn't help us, could it? There's there's nothing, there's no reason to suggest why having Odegaard could not help us to speak with Isaac and convince him to sign. We've seen it happen loads of times with players talk about speaking with players at Arsenal before making the move. There's no reason why this would not be the same. Baker Tess is a very important question. Are we getting strong with striker predictions? Does Arteta want a striker? Uh, Jesus and Bobby play uh, for top two clubs in the world, creating loads of chances. Um, look, I think that we know that Arsenal is... Uh, <laughs> Tom's going to write a piece, Claxon. I think that the thing with uh, the striker situation is that we know that Arsenal are going to try and sign one in the near future. Bamiyang situation, Nketiah and Lacazette's contracts, to not sign a striker would be ridiculous. So the obvious predictions are is that Arsenal will sign one. And so obviously linking Arsenal with strikers in the media is very easy. But I do think there are plenty of credible sources out there, like you've seen with the Athletic reports regarding um, Vlaovic, Jonathan David and Izak being kind of the main three. The Mirror reporting that uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is one of the main targets as well. I think there is a lot of credit in those uh, reports because it makes, it makes complete sense that Arsenal would be going for them. So... Are we making too much of the striker situation? No, I do think that we're going to be looking to sign one in the near future. Uh, Map says, Agent Erdogan better be getting on his phone ASAP. Tulip says, after the recent four to five games, who do you think will be given captaincy? In my opinion, Erdogan will get and seems the perfect one. Um, he's I don't know if he's my top choice. Um I like the, the captain being someone further back in the team. I would personally give it to Tierney. I think Tierney's still my number one pick for the captaincy. Um, I think Gabriel has probably fallen down a bit in my estimations because of his immaturity and rashness in certain fixtures. Call me harsh if you like, but I do think there is a level of immaturity to his game that Tierney doesn't have. And I think his character would be really good, Tierney, for a captaincy pick. But if Erdogan was picked as captain... Look, the guy's a leader. He's always the captain of his nation. He's a very, very inspiring attacking player that talks all the time, demands a lot of his teammates. It would not be a problem for me if he was made captain of the team. Uh, Mickey says, good to see you've changed your opinion about Jovic, but don't you think Izak lacks the prerequisite stamina? Um, that's a really interesting question. Uh, for someone who's not watched in week in, week out, I can't tell you whether or not he has the prerequisite stamina. But when I did do a show specifically on him, I never I never looked at that as a big problem. Uh, and he's 22. So it's not like that area of his game couldn't improve and he couldn't acclimatize to the, the, uh, the demands of the Premier League. But he isn't my top choice of striker. I have others that I would have ahead of him. Uh, Vinny says, do you think our success and being able to compete related to us signing taller, stronger players rather than a technical, shorter player? Um, do I think that? Uh, I think that the physicality is something that Edu is certainly adding. You see that with Partey and Gabriel. Ben White, despite not being that tall, is a physical player. He, he doesn't really often get muscled off the ball. He does really well in those kind of challenges. I think Lukonga's got that body profile to develop into a very physical player. Tavares as a left-back is a very physical, tall left-back. 
I think we've got, I mean, Erdegaard's very aggressive, as we know. I think there is certainly an element, Vinny, to the style in which we're trying to sign players um, is, is leading to us being a more imposing, physically combative side than what we've seen in the past with kind of smaller technical players. So there you go. Um, any more for any more? Number one lover says Big Tommy. Do you think that Kulisevsky might have been targeted as a deep lying striker? I do think that Kulisevsky was linked. I do think there is an interest from Arsenal because of his ability to play as kind of a striker, uh, and a second striker, if you will, a false nine, if you like. I think that they would be interested in him for both his abilities to play on the wider areas and in the middle, but I still, for one, wouldn't be looking at Kulisevsky. I think there are better options i'd save my money I, you know i'm actually with the way in the way the way in which saka and smith rowe and martinelli and Erdegaard have progressed as well as a lot of other young players there's part of me that's really interested to see what happens with reese nelson i'd really written off reese nelson from my own perspective i really said i wanted to sell him but there's really genuinely part of me that wants to see him come back next season if we have european football and be integrated i'd rather see a sell pepe invest money in striker, invest money in central midfield and say, give Nelson a chance because I think Pepe's had his time. I think we can move Pepe on in the knowledge that we've already had kind of his, you know, we've already kind of had his own time in the sun, if you like. With Nelson, I think there's, there's there's just something that you can't quite put your finger on with his potential, but it would be a risk. And if you told me that both Pepe and Nelson are going to leave and we're going to sign someone exciting on the wing, you know, I'm all for that. So there you go. Um, Iav says, big shout out from India, Tom. Thanks, mate. Big shout out to yourself. I think looking at United play last night makes the loss at Old Trafford even worse. Maybe it does. Um, but we just have to pick ourselves up from these moments and move on. We we were in a weird period then. I feel like if we play United at Old Trafford after the Norwich and Leeds games, I think we win there. Um but yeah, I wouldn't get bogged down on that for me personally. Patrick says, is Kalasinic on his way to Marseille? I did see that pop up this morning um, on my timeline. Who knows? It seems in very early stages at the moment. Uh, Mr. Feather says, uh, to be honest, we saw Partey play excellent when Partey is not micromanaging him. That's what? Because because Arteta wasn't on the... (laughs) That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. But the reason why we played as we did on the day was because of Arteta's coaching and the preparation leading up to the game. To suggest Arteta's absence had anything to do with that performance would be one of the most naive points of view. Jesus, that's that's some crazy, <laughs> some crazy negativity. Adam says, hi, Tom. Who is a realistic backup uh, right-back target? I don't think Lamptey... Uh, is a realistic as he'd be too expensive. I thought that about Ramsdale though, Adam, and I know that he's no longer a backup, but let's be honest, if we've got the chance to sign a player that can, you know, go into that right back spot, I think if we've got a player that can move Tomiyasu out of the way, they've got to be blooming good. And Tomiyasu can play in centre-back, he can play elsewhere. We've got to sign players that are going to compete for positions. I don't want to just sign backups. I want to sign players that you know that can compete with what we've got and push players out of the team and if that means pushing Erdogan out or Tierney out or Partey out or Lacazette or whoever great because it means we're getting an even better player in that position um 
Uh, number one lover says 100% agree. Big Tom, Tom Reese is a good player and deserves to be part of the squad. Ali says thoughts on Albert AirPods as future Arsenal manager. No, mate. <laughs> no, <laughs> just, just no. Um, let's go to Jay says Tom, big shout out to the TGT family. The Nelson thing is interesting as he was thought to be one of the youth favorite youths in England. And when he was thought of so highly, and I know there are a lot of people who still very much rate him. So there you go. Mickey says, I feel the injuries will come heavily this half of the season with the AFCON and the cup competitions coming. We really need to stock up smartly. But if we don't make additions in this window, I think it would be naive. I think there would be genuine criticism to be pointed out at Edu for not making signings this window, especially if we move on players like Kalashnik and Maitland-Niles and we lose El Nenny and Partey like we are and Pepe and Aubameyang. To not bring anyone in would be really naive. So I'm really hoping that we do. I'm going for a really long show today, clearly. Uh, Muspass says, uh, question, would you play a weak side against Liverpool? No, I wouldn't because we got Forrest at the weekend. Go strong against Liverpool in the first leg. Rotate against Forrest. That's what I would do. Uh, Billy says, call me deluded. You're deluded. Uh, <laughs> but I'm impressed by the way that we are playing recently. I think if we get things right in the summer window, we can challenge for the league next season. I think next season's a bit far. But who knows? I think we are only a couple of signings away from having a really good starting lineup, a really, really good starting lineup. But I think we're a few signings away from having a, a really solid squad. That's where we're kind of at. Uh, Don White says, imagine having Patrick Schick. Don, I find it odd that earlier on you completely disregarded DCL, but are very much quickly jumping on Patrick Schick after, let's be real, less than a year. Because prior to the Euros, he wasn't in the bracket of elite strikers that are being considered. He had a good Euros. He's having a very good season. And I like him. But what I do think is that you can't you can't disremove you can't remove DCL as an option and jump on Schick based upon what we've seen in this period of time. I think that was that's counterproductive. I don't think that's being grounded about a view on two players. Uh, Mark Arthur says, Tom, happy new year. Happy new year, mate. How many players do you believe will sign in this window? My my expectation is one, but I hope it's two. That's kind of where I'm at on that one. Uh, I, I wouldn't go for Coutinho. He's not the right one. Jack, the Basuma links have gone very, very quiet. It doesn't seem like they're being considered or he's being considered for an option anymore. Um, Vera says, Tom, what do you think of Liveramento as a backup for Tommy? Uh, he's only just signed for Southampton. He's on a long-term deal, and I think we would have to overpay for a player of his of his quality, to be honest. I think there'd be better options out there to be competitive. Uh, Daniel says, do you think the ref should be put in front of the telly? Uh, I think that they should be mic'd up. And yes, they should be interviewed after games to explain certain decisions. I would be up for that. Uh, Ronald says, lots of cheap or free sentiments like Kessie, Zakaria or Kamara should get one and buy another in the summer. I think there is absolutely an argument for Arsenal to go out and sign one of those players in central midfield in the summer. Zakaria, I imagine, makes a lot of sense, um, as does the other two. But I think that Kessie and Kamara will not join Arsenal. I think Zakaria has the highest chance of joining Arsenal of the three. But uh, I think it would be a good move. But we also still would need to sign another quality midfielder as well. Jonathan says, Ollie Watkins was left out of the Villa squad against Brentford without any clarity. Have you heard anything? No, I haven't. Sorry. Uh, Peter Charles says, Tom, what do you think of Rafinha replacing Pepe? That would be interesting. That would be something I would be interested in. Uh, I don't know how old Rafinha is. Let's have a quick check. Uh, he's 25. It's a good age. I mean, yeah, I would be open to that uh, as an option, but I don't think winger is the priority of position. Um, so there you go. 
Uh, yeah, Adam, I mean, I know what you mean, Vinny. You can't mic them up because of the swearing, but maybe that's something that would be then clamped down on by the referees. But that is certainly an argument that has to be considered. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. I've been going for over 40 minutes now, so I hope you've enjoyed your, your additional extra minutes on today's show. Thank you to everyone that's joined in. Uh, I saw a couple of haters in the chat, which no, it always says you're going in the right direction, as they say, but it's always positive. Thank you for tuning in. Really appreciate your support. Everyone's been fantastic, as always. Join me at 5 p.m. UK time uh, for our preview show leading up to the Liverpool game. I'll be joined some by some of the members from our Discord server. Uh, and uh, and hopefully there'll either be a show, another show today or probably tomorrow, to be fair, specifically focusing on Bruno Gimaraes. Um, So lovely stuff. I'll see you later on. Join me at 9.30 as well on the Arsenal way uh, in just under an hour's time. See you soon, guys. A fantastic Monday. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.